Maria Elizabeth is the owner, founder, and behind-the-chair stylist at Salon Design. It is in Alexandria, Virginia, where their motto is empower people to discover, create, and recreate who they are. If you missed the last time she was on the show, we got to know her journey. We got to know how they how she built the salon, the vision, and what it takes, and what and what they're looking for to work there. Definitely go back and check that out. And today we're going to talk about get generational differences that she has noticed when it comes to hiring and working with Gen Z. Welcome back to Hairdresser Strong Show. I'm your host, Robert Hughes. And today I'm with Maria. How are you today, Maria? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Good. Awesome. Uh, would you give us a little bit of like a high level uh, intro to you, your salon uh, and like your story uh, for anybody who did not see the previous episode? Sure. So uh, I've owned Design. I opened it up when I was uh, 24. Um, have owned it for about 15 years now. And uh, we're a very inclusive minded salon. Um, we welcome and embrace everybody of every shape, age, gender. Um all of that. And, um, yeah, we just love to like rock out good hair and, you know, do good things in the world. Nice. And, uh, anybody listening that wants to know more, definitely go back and check it out. Cause we definitely, you know, definitely get in deep into really kind of understanding, you know, like a really good preview. Uh, I feel like anyway, um, into exactly who Salon Design is and what to expect there. Uh, so for today, we touched on it lightly on the last time we talked. Uh, we talked about um, some stuff that's going on, that some areas where there might be differences when it comes to the generations. Like a lot of the conversation that I've been having is uh, the expectation in uh, how to build their business and uh, communicate with salon owners uh, about their goals or um, the expectation for training. And uh, when I asked you this question, when we were like chatting before the show, you brought up something different that I wasn't expecting you to say. And to give the audience uh, some context, when Maria says inclusive, she also, you know, she mentioned pricing. So um, you mentioned that there was a challenge with the Gen Z when it came to inclusive pricing and not pricing based on gender. Uh, would you, one, tell us a little bit about <clears throat> that decision to uh, to do your pr- to run that pricing model and price that way and the, and what challenges did you have with the, with that model and whether it's with Gen Z or not, but also with Gen Z. Yeah. So we, I think it was about seven, seven years ago, uh, something like that. Um, I had been doing some, you know, reading on um, kind of just how to think about the, the business of, in, in the industry, big picture, long term, and um, I I can't remember who it was that was talking about it, but the, their argument about um, switching pricing from you know gender to kind of service specific um, made a lot of sense to me, and I was like, oh my god, that's totally in line with my values. I want any single person out there to feel totally fine. They don't need to pick a woman's haircut, you know, that kind of thing, um, and so. We, as a group, um, I kind of brought it up to my team and, you know, I'm saying, hey, I'm thinking like we should, you know, do this and, um, you know, got their buy-in too. got everybody kind of like got on the same page about it. And we're like, all right, we're going to like make this happen. Um, 
and transition. And so we, we as a team kind of went through and we're like, how do we want to change the verbiage of, um, you know, the, the haircut pricing so that, um, one, it makes sense. It makes money sense time, kind of like a little bit on time based essentially. Um, and, and that it's easily communicated to our clients because, you know, our clients, we have, you know, people that are, you know, old all the way down to young people. Um, so, you know, the older generation, they're not really thinking about that. Gender wasn't even kind of like, it was just all kind of taken for face value back then. Um, and now it's obviously, you know, different. And so we really, you know, figured out like, okay, how do we communicate this to our clients and make sure that, you know, it's not confusing, you know, to them and, um, and they understand kind of why we're doing this. So, um, because my entire team was on board with it, they spoke to, um, you know, their clients kind of one-on-one talking about like how this is going to happen. Um, and then we, um, also sent out, you know, messaging. I think it was also, you know, Instagram and Facebook and an email, um, kind of like introducing the new pricing structure, um, and how to book the same appointment if they, you know, if they were a, you know, men's haircut before they're a barber haircut now you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and that's kind of based on time and, um, it is actually completely based on time. And then, um, same. So we went from, you know, woman's haircut to a haircut in style. So very simple little changes, um, but they could be very confusing for people. And we were able to do it in a way that people one understood what the change was and also why it was important and that we were kind of moving, um, the industry in the right direction. All right. Nice. So what type of, uh, I, I feel like that's, I feel like we could expand into that. And I think that I would definitely like to have you on the show to like dive in specifically to, to a whole episode on, uh, on, you know, changing, going through that process. Cause I yeah. think that's a, something a lot of people want to know about, hear about. Um, what also something that a lot of people want to hear about is uh, what kind of the generational differences and uh, what challenges and how you've overcome them. So what type of challenges have you run into with uh, rising stylists or the younger generation? You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think about it like challenges with the younger generation or challenges with the older generation. It's just challenges with change, period. Okay. You know, it's like we're evolving and it's, it's the future is coming, you know, to meet us. And it's like, okay, how are we going to do this? So, um, you know, I have my, my older generation of stylists that, um, when we were growing up there, there were pronouns, like, you know what I mean? It was like, and same as me, right. Um, I'm 40. So like that really wasn't a conversation being had, but I recognized that it was important to start to adapt and to, um, learn from these young people coming into the industry, um, and how, how to navigate all of that. So it wasn't easy. Um, but I did get some official, um, training, somebody that's like inclusivity and uh, sensitivity training came in. We did a whole workshop as a team to kind of figure out like how to do it. Um, you know, we have different people in our salon that have different pronouns and we had to work it through, right. It wasn't that easy, um, from, you know, the older generation learning how to make sure they're not and misgendering people, making sure to ask for pronouns. Um, when you misgender somebody, just apologizing for it and moving on. Um, so 
with that though also comes just like exhaustion. You're tired. It's learning a new skill. And, um, you know, they was plural, like, right. The way that we, you know, were raised, you know, we didn't really think about it in a gender context. Um, and so all of those things are just new that we had to learn about. And so we definitely, I definitely had some challenges where, you know, the younger generation coming in there, they are, um, excited to this to have the change happen they're excited that they are in an industry that's supposed to be progressive and so you have to meet that with the realities of people that have already been in the industry and have learned certain things a certain way and now we're we're learning how to relearn and teach ourselves you know how to be more inclusive how to be more sensitive on that and um, it definitely, it, there were some challenging points to be, you know, truthful, where, you know, the younger generation were like, oh, they're misgendering me, and they don't seem to really care. Um, and they don't see why it's important. And, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I felt like I was a bit of the bridge between, you know, the, the two sides of, um, you know, that conversation, and recognizing where, you know, the older generation is coming from, it's, it's hard, learning anything new is hard even when you feel like it's the right thing. Um, and also talking to, you know, the younger people coming in and, you know, telling them, you know, being like, you know, be patient. These people are on your side. They want this as well. Um, and if you demonize them, you're going to turn them away from this. Right. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like finding that middle ground of like, Hey, you know what? I'm on your side. I am not going to get it right. A hundred percent of the time, but I'm going to try. And I'm going to get better, you know, incrementally, you know, and, and they all understood why it's important, but just like learning any new skill, it just takes time and you have to have like, give people patience and grace. And, um, and that goes on both sides, you know? So I feel like that was definitely, um, you know, something that was challenging, you know, I feel like now we've kind of like worked the kinks out on it and everybody's like kind of fluid with figuring out how that's all handled and managed. and. Um, you know, I definitely, you know, would recommend anybody that's, you know, kind of figuring all of that out, like get, get somebody that's a specialist in it to help you kind of navigate it too. Because as a business owner, it's hard to be stuck in the middle of like, making sure that, you know, everybody is on the same page, and understands what, you know, the ramifications are of getting things wrong, you know, and, and also uh, a third party, sometimes a neutral third party is sometimes just more helpful to like, convey a thought. Um, than people on different sides of the conversation. That's, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think that that's really interesting because when I hear people talking about making a change <clears throat> in their pricing model to remove gender, uh, they're talking about the interaction and communication, the dialogue, the approach, the tone, the math, uh, when it comes to the customer and business relationship, like the business to customer. But like, I don't really hear very many people actually at all talking about the challenge within, you know, like it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I guess since we're on the topic, uh, <clears throat> you know, why don't we expand on since we're talking about it? And uh, I think this is a really big conversation that people want to hear. So there's this internal challenges that a salon could have. Uh, it And that makes a lot of sense, 
And I, I agree that learning something new is the later on and later on in life, it is the harder it is to learn new things. And also, especially if what you're doing is contrary to what you were taught, you're taught something is right. And then you're, you're now you're trying to adjust because there's been new information and new, new, new perspectives that have kind of opened your mind uh, to other ways of looking at things. And then you want to adapt those. Then you're, you're going to constantly be in like whole, constantly finding yourself tripping up on, oh, wait, no, wait, let me, let me rephrase that. Or let me start over. Uh, I know that from just so many of the things in my life and so talking to other people and working with a team. <clears throat> so I love that. I love the third party idea. I love this awareness to, to this challenge. So it's not just dealing with the customers. It's also dealing with your team. Now on the dealing with the customers thing, um, do you have anything anything to say to somebody who has maybe 30 to 40% of their clients are are men's traditional men cuts done that and they want to go into a uh, a new pricing model and they're but they're worried about potentially losing 30% of their business? Do you have a can you speak to that? Yeah, I would I would be curious why they think that they would lose their customers just based on verbiage of changing uh, the price differences are pretty extreme. You know, it's uh, in these in the salon owners that I've talked with, uh, they it's you know I have like a group text message of a bunch of salon owners, and these conversations come up, and people are like, yeah, but if I raise my client my men's cuts that are fifty dollars, and I'm charging ninety dollars for women's cut, that's like you know, almost double the price. And uh, I don't think that people are going to pay what I'm charging my women's prices. So, but, okay. So in my thought, that is that it's, it's two different, two different things, right? So um, if your, your cuts that were traditional men cuts, generally, you know, a clipper fade or whatever, um, that's a, a lesser time. So it's usually like, you know, for us, I would say like a, a 30 minute as opposed to a traditional woman's haircut um, where you have extra length and you have to blow dry and it just takes a little bit longer. So if those men cuts don't need to be take, you know, taking any extra longer of time, then I would think that the price could stay the same. It's just really about like changing it to, um, you know, gender neutral pricing model where it's not specific because um someone who identifies as a female might want to come in and get a clipper fade absolutely yeah well and i think that's where the conversation is why why people who wouldn't even think about it necessarily they do have clients who are not don't identify as male uh or weren't even weren't born male uh getting haircuts that they would get they could get at a barbershop or uh, a traditional men's cut and and I think that's where the conversation is kind of sparking is like I feel weird charging this person over a woman's cut because it's like just because they're a woman that's literally the only reason why I would be charging them a woman's cut but the work that I did was the same however I would I will also say that um Personally, I spend a um, pretty similar amount of time cutting short hair 
that I do cutting long hair because the blow dry, the cut plus the blow dry equals the amount of extra attention to detail I put into uh, shorter hair in general. So if if you charge based on time, like what is there? You said something about do you have like a barber cut price or do you have you do so? Can you speak to the person that's having this kind of like going back and forth in their head? Yeah. So I would think that if, if, if they're, you know, short haircuts take an hour and their long haircuts take an hour, I would say that you have to, you know, you need to pay yourself accordingly. An totally. hour of your work is an hour of your work, whether you're doing short hair or long hair, if it's taking that amount of time on your schedule, then yeah, you know, for us, Everybody, you know, for the short hair, um, everybody basically has a lesser amount of time with that client and that is reflected in the price and that's it. Gotcha. Um, so, but I think that, you know, if you are taking that amount of time for your short haircut, then you should charge for it. You know? So it's, I, so basically the, you know, at the coming down to it, it's like coming, always go back to how much time are you spending and think and stop thinking about the language that you're using, think about like what effort you're putting in, what energy, how much time it's taking and, uh, and base, base your decision on that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's business, right? So your time is money and, you know, you should know exactly per minute how much you should be making and it should be essentially equal. You know, there are certainly higher dollar priced um, services and things along those lines, but you should have a, a basic standard of like, okay, you know what, my 30 minutes, I need to be making X amount of money. And so I price accordingly. Totally. All right, cool. Well, I, I love, uh, I love that we were able to talk about this and um, we touched on generational differences, but really, like you said, it's not about generations. Generations are a way to classify groups of people, but it's not necessarily about that as much as it's about the future and change and the direction that you're taking going in and what you want out of your brand and your business and are you, how are you charging and maximizing you know the value that you're you know or or maximizing your return on the value you bring through your business. Uh, I think that that's a pretty powerful uh, place to start uh, for anybody who's out there thinking about about having these questions and thoughts and doubts or concerns. So I really, uh, I'm, I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. Yeah, me too. I love it. Awesome. Well, I think this is great. And I think that, um, is there anything like else that you want to talk about that might, or, or say before we sign off, uh, that has to do with these, uh, these topics or line of thinking or line of a line of conversation? Yeah. I would just say, don't, don't be afraid of change you know, embrace it. It's, it's happening whether you like it or not. So, you know, get ahead of it and, um, you know, lean in, I guess, <laughs> lean into it, um, and, and get some advice, you know, find some, some people that are, you know, are more schooled in the area than, than you are. And, uh, you know, listen to them. That's, I think that's very good advice. And, um, so basically don't, kind of take something that I feel like we can most of us at least in this point in time and hope probably in the next few years at least uh, before it's completely forgotten about but there was this place where you used to go when you wanted to have a movie night at home you would go to the physical store you would pick out your movie 
and uh or your tv series that was starting to happen but towards just towards the end of that time and you would go to a counter and you'd pay for it and you'd have to return it and by a certain time and if you didn't you got a late fee yeah well now we have streaming everything streaming netflix hbo amazon prime and uh that store that did not change is called blockbuster and right. and uh that's kind of there's like a relic there's even a show show on netflix about blockbuster the last store in the country um so i guess if you want to if you know you're going to stand strong and be that last last store in the country that's doing things the old way then uh that's that's your journey but uh for the majority of us we would we would be wise to heed the advice of paying attention to change and embracing it um and getting some help to make sure that you're doing it that aligns with your values and your brand so i like this thank you so much for your message and sharing your story today yeah happy All right. Well, have a good week and um, uh, I'll be in touch and I look forward to having you on the show again. All right. Great. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye.